The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. They're tangling in the back of the pack. Here they come off four. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? Where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Taylor Burris and Justin Prince. Welcome to another episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. I'm your host, Taylor Burris. Alongside me is my partner in crime, Justin Prince, and our producer is Richard Colbrand. And Justin, we have another star-studded all-star group of guests tonight as we continue our 2022 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series preview for the new season. A lot of big news, and what a better way to kick it off than to talk about one of the newest teams coming to the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series in 2022, the Charlotte Phoenix and one of their drivers who will be joining us, none other than winner from last season at Watkins Glen, Graham Bolin. And the main thing when it comes to Charlotte Phoenix is, for those who followed along with Monday Night Racing in particular, they've been trying to grow their side of the brand for esports in iRacing for about a few months now. And this is a major splash. And with some of the news coming out involving MNR in that respective side, they are trying to really put a staple and a stamp on the esports world for iRacing side of the world, and quickly, to say the very least. Let's bring in Graham, in fact, to discuss how things have gone so far. Because, Graham, big news coming throughout that week with that partnership. How does it feel to be able to work with Charlotte Phoenix, a group that has relationships with James Bickford, but also is trying to become one of the biggest players in the esports space and iRacing entirely? It's it's awesome. I like everyone there, like uh, James Bickford, obviously. And uh, they're really nice. I'm glad I found a good team like that. Uh, I just can't wait to represent them in the NASCAR series. Hopefully, we'll get them some wins. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this season. I feel like I'm pretty fast. I've been the fastest I've ever been driving-wise, so hopefully the car suits my driving style. Yeah, to start things off, you mentioned you found them. Talk us through the process of connecting with Charlotte Phoenix and becoming a member of the flagship esports organization of the Carolinas and who has sponsored backing, mind you, according to their Twitter page with the McDonald's logo on it. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, I, we were just talking during free agency and I really liked their organization. And then we come to terms and then now I, I was just ready to move with them and then represent their brand in the, the NASCAR series. I feel like me and, and Colin are going to be a good team. Uh, I feel like we have a shot at like top three in team point team standings and hopefully we both make playoffs. I feel like we have the potential to do that as long as we keep our noses clean. And other than that, yeah, I'm really excited. Touching on Colin, of course, returning back to the series after a strong contender campaign, but also for the first time in a couple seasons after his flashes of speed a couple years ago in the Coke series. How do you feel about being able to work with him again, knowing 
his experiences in the past with your technical alliance and the roundabout way he's now returned back into that fold in turn with Charlotte Phoenix too. Uh, I'm glad he's back in the series. He's he's always been fast. It's just finishing the races. Like some people have issues with finishing the races and not keeping their head during the races. But I think Collins changed. I think he's changed for the better. And I think uh, we're going to be battling for top tens and top fives every week on speed. And hopefully we finish there and not have any bad luck and get them up in the team standings. And hopefully we both make the playoffs. Now you mentioned with the car as well, feeling confident on that front. For reference, for those just tuning in on the iRacers download earlier in the week, a new update was brought upon that updated the next-gen cars that included the package that has been well-rumored for several dozen weeks to be released in late January. It's now out with the Coliseum. What's that car feel like to you now that you've been able to actually drive the package and be able to finally get a grasp on what needs to be in there to be quick, speed-wise? Well, I just I just like how the car is. Uh, it's going to take a lot of skill, I think, to drive. It's really, uh, on the exit, it's really hard to drive. It's kind of unpredictable on the exit. Uh, I, I like it. I think it's going to take more skill than the cars we had last year. Uh, less grip everywhere. And uh, it's going to, I feel like it's going to be better racing, more like closer together without dirty air so and it's gonna take more skill as well which i'm always happy for let's talk about that some of the great skills that you were able to accomplish last season with that win at watkins Glen, holding off 23 11's dominant force mitchell de young when it comes to the road course racing your thoughts on how this next-gen car will be on the road courses in the sim we've seen how it is able to work in the real world and with many tests happening over at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. But how do you feel this car will be able to handle differently compared to what we're used to seeing with the Gen 6 car? Uh, I I have no idea, to be honest, because they haven't really updated the road course tire with it. But uh, hopefully it feels good. Uh, from what I've seen, you're just going to have to not be... You're going to have to lean on the front tires more and... You can, like, it's, if you step out, like, the rear end, it just spins around very fast. So, other than that, I'm I'm very excited for it. I feel like it's going to be an upgrade in cars, and uh, hopefully it's going to be better racing for the road courses. Well, speaking of also some of the, a lot of new things and new additions to the 2022 season, of course, new road courses added to the schedule. Also, the season opener happening at the LA Coliseum and even dirt racing added to the schedule. How do you feel the amazing partnership that iRacing and NASCAR has continued to grow to where you've been able to see some of this growth in the sport? Uh. I, I always see it as a positive. Like, as much as Iverson works with them, they gave them the Atlanta race and or the Atlanta track or helped them make it to fit their liking. And hopefully that's going to be a good track for the real-life people. And I think our, that's our fourth race or third race. I don't remember, but it's, it's, it's in the first five races, I'm pretty sure. So we'll be able to preview that before the actual race. And then hopefully... It, be, it becomes a good product at the end of the day. 
Well, as we look ahead to the season as well, a lot of new drivers coming up as rookies, a lot of returning drivers that had to fight their way through the Road to Pro and Contender Series. Who, in your thoughts, besides yourself, are going to be the ones to watch battling in this season? Uh, it's hard to say. Like, with the new car, you don't really know who's going to be good. Uh, I mean, I, th I feel like all the rookies and people, like, I feel like everyone's on a level playing field now. Like, everything you've done before really doesn't matter with the new car coming out. Like, anybody can be good with this new car. So, uh, it's going to be very exciting to see who comes out on top. Well, Graham, as we come to a close on this interview, any thoughts as far as where can people go to follow you for your career this season in 2022, such as on social media and streaming? And any final thoughts for you for this season, as well as your partnership with Colin Keister and Charlotte Phoenix? Uh, you can follow me at Bolin Graham. That's my Twitter handle. And then uh, on Twitch, it's just Graham Bolin. So other than that, uh, I'm glad to start the season with. Uh, Charlotte Phoenix and hopefully we get a couple wins and my goal is to make the final four because I finished sixth last year and I think it's a pretty good goal to make the final four. It certainly is. We wish you the best of luck in 2022. That is Graham Bolin who is going to be a driver for the number 48 of the Charlotte Phoenix esports team. Coming up after the break we have more of our special guests joining us. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince, Taylor Burris, Richard Colbreth with you as we continue our coverage for the preview for the 2022 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series campaign as it gets ready to have a battle and then some at the LA Coliseum. The next driver on the list we are speaking with for this season who is a part of the campaign is one Matt Busa, a driver with plenty of years of experience in the series and is looking to take a big step up this campaign. Matt, first things first, new season, new car, and a new venue to start off for the exhibition side of things before heading to Daytona. How are you feeling? I'm looking forward to it a lot. I haven't been this excited for a season, I would say, in um, three, four years. Now that we're getting this next gen, we just got all the updates in iRacing um, recently. The car is a lot harder to drive. And for me, the bigger the challenge, the more fun it is. Um, no more flat out a mile and a half. So really looking forward to the season and embracing the challenge and keep in mind one of your technical alliance mates michael conti has done a lot of work with this car already seen your grouping has done a lot of work already trying to grasp everything how has it trying been trying to learn what needs to be in the car how to build for this next gen car because of how different it is compared to the gen 6 yeah it's gonna take a lot of effort to pretty much learn an entire new car the the setup sheet on it looks very different from the Gen 6. Um, the way it handles and drives is very different. And I'm sure um, the types of setups you're going to need to build are going to be very different. And luckily, like you mentioned, my teammate Michael Conti has some experience with the car as he's been building setups for Elite Performance Industries the whole winter. So I think we have a little bit of upper hand going into the maybe first couple of races as other teams may not have the experience that Mr. County has that he can um, teach our team. But personally, I haven't really 
messed around with the next gen yet. I was waiting for the updates to come out. And since the updates came out, I just did a few laps here and there, headed um, different tracks, like mile and a half, a couple of short tracks. Um, so as far as the setup goes on my end, still have a lot to learn. Haven't really messed with it yet, but I'm sure County will teach me some some really good tricks. Now, want to touch upon that real quickly, what you've done in the offseason, because if I remember correctly, you've been focusing on the 1987 type of stock cars more so. Yeah, at um, Elite Performance Industries, I took on the 1987 car. and Going into it, uh, the fixed setup series is all I had ever driven for that car, never an open setup. And those setups always were pretty tight and not as fun to drive as I would have hoped the 87 car would be. But going into the open setups now, I found a whole new love for that car. It's it's very, very fun to drive. Um, now that I've learned how to drive it, even the fixed setup series is a blast for me. I've had some incredible races there with door baiting finishes by like a thousandth, two thousandths of a second at the finish. And honestly, right now, it's my favorite car in the sim. Um, I'm hoping next-gen might take that title once we get to testing. Um, but, but yeah, if anybody has never driven that car, I would give it a go. It's a blast. I certainly agree. That car just brings back so many great memories and just an absolute blast, like you said, Matt, about that car. But another interesting factor to talk about is you know, the work that has been going on, you know, during the off season, a lot of great new stuff from the NASCAR side of things happening with iRacing, of course, the LA Coliseum, which will be hosting the season opener for the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series, as well as some updates to some other tracks coming on board. Your thoughts on how this partnership with NASCAR, these tracks and iRacing have been able to get the sport out there more compared to what we've seen in the past, especially as we see this continuation of growth as well as the introduction of new teams and new partners that come on board. Yeah, I think um, two parts there. It's going to be very beneficial to NASCAR as a whole and then also to our series, the eNASCAR Coca-Cola series. Um, first, for NASCAR, um, being able to build tracks on iRacing and kind of get a feel for how they're going to race and if it's worth um, essentially just building it in real life like they did with the Coliseum. I know they did several tests with um, some Coke drivers, I believe, and some real real NASCAR drivers at the Coliseum as early as maybe last summer. And there was some good feedback for it. Now, lo and behold, we're racing there in just under a week. And I think that's going to continue to happen where they're going to start developing tracks first on our racing maybe and then uh, real life after. And then for our series, um, that's definitely beneficial as we get to kind of be the guinea pigs for it as well. With the Coliseum, we get to be the first ones to showcase what that might look like in the real road clash. So I would expect more fans to tune in for races like that, especially first time fans who may have never even heard of our series. Um, once they see that, they can get a preview of the real road action. It certainly has been, and of course, one thing we have to talk about is how 2021 went for you. You were able to steal a win away at Michigan to punch your way into the playoffs by on the final race before the playoffs, 
And your thoughts on what your goal is going to be for 2022 is you see if anything that you could possibly overcome to be able to have a chance to maybe collect more wins or even have a shot to go and compete for the championship later on this season at Phoenix. Uh, what is going to be your mental preparations in order to be ready to take on this new challenge with new car, new tracks, and new tests of mental strength that you'll have to come into play for this 2022 campaign. Yeah. Like I um, said, I'm very excited for this season. And with that, my goals are elevated. I would say that this year, my goal, I think for the first time, I probably set this goal for myself is to win the championship. And that's mainly comes down to the finale being at Phoenix, which is, I would say my third favorite track on the sim behind New Hampshire and Richmond and all three of those tracks right there are, are very similar to each other as is um, with the next gen car being more of a driver car as opposed to the gen 6 being more setup based I'm expecting to hopefully at least mimic my 2018 performance which was the last year on a driver friendly car where I made the championship four um, finished fourth there so this year, I'm hoping to step it up in the championship four if I make it. And at one of my favorite tracks, Phoenix, and hopefully it'll come away with the title. Is there any drivers that you see in this 2022 lineup that is part of the rookie class or some drivers who have been out of the top class for quite some time that's making their return? Any one of those that you're looking forward to go up against or ones to keep an eye on that you'll be watching this season as well? Yeah, I think there's several rookies that you can keep an eye on for contending for wins and playoff berth. One of them I think you have to look at is Donovan Strauss. Um, it's kind of tough with their rookies because you can see how they perform in other series, but once you get in the Coke series, it's entirely different. Uh, the stress of each race, having to perform under pressure. Some of the guys who are really fast in the past have had some difficulty with closing out races and performing under that pressure. So it'll be interesting to see if they can capitalize on their opportunities this year. Um, I think as the number one guy who's returning to keep an eye on is Cody Bias. He has very, very um, fast paced everywhere pretty much. And if he puts the time in, puts the effort in, I could easily see Cody Bias being a playoff driver and contending for a championship. And also Nick Shelton in there too. Shelton has incredible pace as well. We look forward to seeing how you are able to comprehend or work your way up through the playoffs and maybe have a shot at completing that goal of winning the championship for you, Matt. One thing, though, we got to ask before we let you go, where can people go to follow your career this season as well as keep track of your anything else that you do outside of sim racing? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at mbusa75. And then I haven't really streamed at all in the past, but I'm hoping to start streaming more on Twitch. And my Twitch username is Mr. Busa with an underscore in between Mr. Busa. Um, you can follow my team, Mode Media House, on their Twitter, Kyle Lawn. Follow his progress even um, right now in the playoffs. He's on the Kansas City Chiefs. They might be going for a Super Bowl, so definitely give him a follow there. Otherwise, Team Conti can follow my teammates as well. Show support to the whole squad. Well, Mr. Busa, we appreciate your time on here. Of course, that is Matt Busa, who will be driving for Mode Motorsports this season. 
And coming up after the break, we speak to Jim Beaver esports driver Blake Reynolds. You're listening to the iRacers download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Taylor Burris, Justin Prince, Richard Cobreth with you as we now turn our attention to the next driver in the NASCAR competition who's looking to try have a run to the championship as well. It's a driver who's been around for the past few seasons, and now he'll be driving a Ford for Jim Beaver Esports. His name is Blake Reynolds. Blake, how are things doing? Hopefully your technical alliance is not in shambles today. No, it's not. And uh, yes, I, I do run that Twitter account, at DZ in shambles, if anyone's curious. Uh, it's been really good. Off-season's been going really well, and I'm... Looking forward to a new opportunity here. How did the process work in terms of switching over to Jim Beaver Esports after working with McLaren Shadow the previous season? Well, I, you know, I was kind of expecting to stay with McLaren Shadow, but unfortunately, last minute they just uh, pulled out, and we all said our goodbyes. And then I was like, okay, I kind of have to look for a new group here. And I, I kind of was looking for something a little bit different, you know. I had, I had driven the Coca-Cola car for Team Dylan Esports. Then I moved to a car company, Esports Team. Just just a lot of big things. And I was like, you know, I kind of wanna want to see if I can get on something a little smaller. So Jim Beaver appeared to be perfect, in my opinion. So uh, it was actually kind of the opposite. I put my name in there, and they messaged me, and... Uh, we got our deal done, I'm pretty sure, first day before lunch. Well, that's a very quick process. Usually we've seen or heard a couple days, potentially the whole entire main period. It sounds like based on that timeline, it was a couple of hours? Yeah, I want to say uh, we agreed on terms probably 11.30, and I got paperwork that night. Well, that's very quick and shows the confidence indeed, and... You've already represented the team in a couple different instances, including in E-Short Course Cup action, in fact. How was it racing on the dirt and getting your hands dirty under the Jim Beaver Esports banner? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, those guys just, you know, welcomed me with, you know, embracing arms and just, uh, they get, got me my paint scheme. I I was given some practice dates, uh, like some open practices a couple days beforehand. and. You know, I'm not really good at dirt, I'll I'll be honest. And I'm not really looking forward to the Bristol dirt race we have in our schedule this season. I mean, in a terms of fun, yes, but like as far as me running well uh, competitively, I, I don't know how I'll run there. But the E-Short course was a ton of fun. You can definitely tell, like, the pros from the celebrities. I was definitely a celebrity in that instance. I uh, did not run very well. Uh, the first race, Bark River, a lot of fun. A Wild West, I still need to work on a bit. Yeah, Wild West, there's a reason it's named Wild West. It's very wild on iRacing, let's put it that way, for the understatement of the year. But let's talk about stock cars, because the next-gen package has now been officially updated. Teams now have their hands on that with preparation for the new season. That includes updates for the next-gen side for the Super Speedways, and it's packaged everywhere else with the more horsepower and smaller spoiler. Your opinion on the new package now that you've been able to get your hands on it to be able to get some work done over the past few days or so? 
Well, I haven't gotten a whole lot of time with it yet. Uh, we are recording this on a Thursday, and it came yes. out yesterday. So I, I did uh, L.A. Coliseum, I did Charlotte, I did Daytona, and I think I loaded up Martinsville. That pretty much didn't change, but uh, Charlotte was a ton of fun. Definitely have to lift a lot more than I uh, anticipated. Um, and there's a lot of dirty air still, it, but I think you're going to get that no matter what. Uh, it was a lot of fun, though, and it's going to be a challenge to figure it out. And of course, this year is a season of change, not just with the next-gen car, but changes in regards to schedule, some tracks that have not been on there for a few years coming into play, but also short distances. And curious on your opinion on that, because we've heard several drivers' opinions over the past few weeks on the schedule changes and updates when that was released in the week after. What's your opinion now that you've had a few weeks to chew on it and think about the shorter distances compared to in the past. So typically every race we race, like say a race goes green, it's usually always a two stop or broken into thirds. Um, and typically my best performance comes in the third, uh, the third stint of the race. If you want to call it that, you know, if we have cautions, it's kind of, you know, whatever happens, you got to get what you got to get. But uh, in those races, which happen quite a bit in our, in our league, uh, where they go caution-free, the elimination of that kind of third stint, which, just from looking at the links, and obviously the next-gen has uh, a 20-gallon fuel tank compared to our previous car, which had 18.7. Um, so that I'm pretty sure that definitely makes almost every single race a one-stop. Uh, you know, I was a little disappointed to lose that kind of third stint, so I like to call. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a change in how I have to approach, you know, the pit stop and onward, probably to the end of the race. Speaking of that, Blake, how do you think that will change the dynamics of the racing as far as the aggressiveness that some of these drivers will showcase, as well as the preparation that these drivers will have to build and setting up these new next-gen cars? Because basically you're running two, in a sense, A-open-style races that we see on the official iRacing side of things and trying to set it up as far as knowing how, where to be aggressive, and when not to be. You know, I, I guess I'd have to run the car a little bit more to figure that out, but, um... Oh, man, I don't... <laughs> I don't know exactly how to... I guess, you know, there would be less caution-free races if, if the races are shorter, which would mean the aggression would be picked up. That's my first initial thought when you ask me that. Um, but you never know. Every year, the, the quality of driver seems to pick up. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe the first, you know, three or four races, we'll probably see the kind of vibe we're getting throughout the season. Well, let's speak about the quality of drivers that are coming back, as well as returning, as well as some of the new faces coming into the 2022 campaign. Who are some of the drivers that you are looking forward to going head-to-head -head with this season? And who are some of the drivers you feel like can be able to showcase a lot of great talent with these next-gen cars? Uh, well, I think probably the best of the best that were already good are probably going to pick it up pretty quick. Um, something new for me this season is, well, it, it's me and a lot of people, actually. Uh, a lot of people are switching to the direct, to, uh, direct drive stuff. So, like me personally, uh, the last two races of last year, I switched to a VRS 
direct force wheel. Um, and I know a lot of people, especially on Dead Zone, as I'm those are the people I'm most familiar with. Uh, a lot of guys there have switched to the VRS wheel, and that's going to be a whole new challenge for them. Um, and you know, I would think that that maybe elevates uh, some drivers in a way. But as far as new talent or old talent, Kyle Pedal and Cody Bias. Cody Bias was already scary back in the day, like to to race against because of how fast he was. Just practicing with him is scary because he's insane on the timesheets. Uh, and then we get to the race, and you know sometimes it doesn't go his way. But you know if it did, you you you'd be kind of scared to uh, to think about what it would be like if it uh, went his way. And then Kyle Pedal has. Showing up out of nowhere, he's kind of an older guy. Kind of a Bob Bryant situation, I would kind of say. He's a rookie, but he's been at it forever. So, um, I'm going to be looking for him this season, definitely. Everyone else, uh, there's nothing on top of my head. If you gave me a list, I could probably tell you exactly who. But uh, those are the people that come to mind first. Well, one of the things I want to touch on now is you. we're talking about the direct drive wheels. And one of the things, you know, a lot of people are always curious about is the equipment behind the scenes the, of having a setup for you to drive these East race cars and everything in sim racing. One of the things I kind of have to ask is how important as far as utilizing updated equipment, such as a direct drive compared to maybe the standard wheel pedals that we see from other companies, can improve the quality of driving as well as the quality of feeling when trying to test and practice and make the proper adjustments for the car in sim compared to utilizing something that's not a direct drive. Well, I, I think iRacing just since COVID has happened and even, you know, 2019, uh, the year before all the COVID stuff happened, um, they've just been improving at an exponential rate. Like, everything, a lot of stuff's happened really fast. And I don't really know exactly what's happened. I can't tell you technically what's happened, but it just seems like almost every car in iRacing now, in my opinion, feels really good with a lot of force feedback. And obviously, you know, the best way to get detailed force feedback in the best, like, filtering and whatever you want to call it, is direct drive. Um, obviously, you know... Keegan and Mitchell and Bobby and all of them, they, you know, they all run that stuff and they've been running good. So maybe it's just all in our heads, but I just know a lot of people are switching to that, you know, and even in the, the Porsche eSports Super Cup, I think that's the name. I'm forgetting a title sponsor probably, but uh, I'm pretty sure almost everybody there has, you know, a clutch, a hand clutch and a direct drive wheel. I can't imagine being at that level without one now almost and i think a lot of people especially in the coke side uh are realizing this so i, I hope that answers that <laughs> i tend to agree with you on that one blake i want to step in for the split second here because at a direct drive from 2018 to 2021 and just the feeling is night and day where at least in my opinion if you even try and go back it's just so difficult to be able to get the same feel, you know what I mean? Because of how much fluid or and more accurate the feel can be. So I can absolutely understand the need of direct drive. I've actually just put myself on the wait list for one in the past few hours or so. So it's one of those 
passive. Everyone wants to get to that path, it seems, with how things are turning. But speaking of turning, the regular season should be intriguing. The playoff run should be intriguing, Like, And how do you feel the ebbs and flows of the season could fare out? Because some have emphasized they expect it to be like in real life, where some dr- one team may get ahead for a few weeks, the next one, all of them catch up. Then our team pulls ahead. How do you think it will fare? It'll probably end up the exact same way, especially since we're on a completely blank slate, uh, especially since we only got the update yesterday. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if the sets have changed all too much. I just know a lot of people weren't actually developing on the car because they were waiting for an update. And uh, we got that update for the start of the season yesterday, and I'm sure people are you know working on it as we speak. Um, I know the guys at Dead Zone are doing everything they can to just kind of, you know, find the cheese, as you as we call it around here. Uh, cheese is a word for just finding the speed. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's a word. Yeah, it, it is. But I think it came from another esport. I'll be honest there. I I actually don't know the history of the word cheese, but um, yeah, I know everyone's gonna be. Uh, looking for that advantage. Someone might have that advantage from like March to April, May, but then usually in that summer, you know, uh, that summer stretch where we have a ton of races, some some back to back, but also like maybe we have a month break and it's just kind of exhausting in a way. Um, you might have a team that excels at that point of the year and obviously everybody brings their best stuff for the playoffs or, you know, the end of the year. So uh, that's kind of the way I see it and it'll probably end up the same way maybe some teams having a massive advantage whereas in the past some teams might have only had a slight advantage i'm very curious how this plays out this year it's going to be intriguing and one thing people may not realize is you'll be also experiencing this type of a car with the updated super speedway package mind you that is completely different than what you qualified into it for there's the Bar Visuals FTF 500 one to touch upon. You'll be starting 18th. Opinions on being able to feel how much the Super Speedway package has changed because from what I've heard from people, it's changed uh, night and day, too. Yeah, you'd be correct there. Uh, that's the Again, that was one of the first things I wanted to try yesterday. Uh, just crazy runs, tandems you know, working, but, like, it's also kind of sensitive in the way you can turn people. So you just got to be real tempered and uh, restrictive of yourself because if you if you open up, you know, if you open up the valve for a little bit, you kind of just take off. You can go from 185 to 200 down the backstretch of Daytona in, like, half the time uh, that it used to take. And, uh, yeah, that's just what I've noticed. But the FTF uh, 500 is certainly will help. It's that day, old Daytona, though. But, uh, yes. Yeah, that's kind of been my main practice uh, for, you know, it is plate racing, but it's also a bumpy track. So uh, I am looking forward to still, you know, feeling out the car uh, on that kind of surface. And I'm sure it'll translate over to uh, one of the bumpier tracks we go to later in the season, maybe earlier in the spring. Where can fans follow along with you on social media as well as on Twitch since... You're very active on that. Under the radar, yes, but you're very active on that when you race at the pro level. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Twitch, I don't get as many viewers. Obviously, there's some big, uh, big, 
big level uh, Twitch partners in the Coke series that kind of steal all those viewers to that time slot. But uh, yeah, my Twitch is Blake Reynolds sixty six. Uh, I get maybe five viewers of the Coke races, but FTF races I get like twenty five. It's kind of weird how that works. Uh, Twitter's the same at Blake Reynolds sixty six. Uh, Instagram I'm pretty sure is also the same. Uh, and I think that's it. Well, thank you very much for the time, Blake, and very insightful and very intriguing conversation. Yes, thank you. That's Blake Reynolds, Jim Beaver Esports driver for the 2022 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series campaign. When we come back, we'll touch a bit upon, upon more what to expect with the news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network as well as on NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Taylor Burrows here along with Justin Prince, Richard Colbreth, our producer, as we're going to cover news of the week. And I gotta say, Justin, it's been a very busy week since the last time we were on the iRacers Download, as we have so many things to cover, from the eNASCAR International Series, some news coming out from Monday Night Racing, the World of Outlaws, and including the iRacing Daytona 24, and of course, the biggest news of all, the LA Coliseum. So much happened during the week, let's put it that way, from big racing to big updates. And to begin things off, you mentioned the International Series, taking action to Circuit Zolder. That race definitely was eyebrow-raising, to put it that way, because Alante, he is built different, Taylor. He's an absolute monster when it comes to the sim racing side of things. I mean, he's not only, he's, he isn't just a sim racer, but also a three-time NASCAR wheeling Euro Series champion. So he is no slouch when it comes to racing, period. But the Israeli board and driver knows their thing or two to try to do it. And what a dominant fashion that he was able to showcase his talent once again at Circuit Zolder by not winning the race, leading the mo- all the laps, and of course getting the pole. But pulling away by about 24 seconds when it was all said and done? 22 laps led, actually, to correct you a bit, what day. Dominant performance there. Started off in the third position. The pole sitter, Tobias Dauenhauer, struggled in the later stages. Went a lap down, in fact, after some troubles. For the top five, it was day. Pilot Joe Fro for Victor Morales Jr., Jake Cozio. 35 seconds the separation tail were amongst them. Very eye-opening, to say the very least, and made things really pop up for the championship with a road race left to go and one oval left on the schedule because one thing to think about, too, is Roger Karouf had a top-10 run, could have had solid points, then he crashed, and then, this is what he is saying on social media, mind you, he tried to shut his stream off and shut the sim off instead. Only Raja Karuth. Well, that is Raja Karuth for you when it comes to certain situations like that. But hopefully he'll be able to find the speed he needs as they return back to the States and head to the Daytona International Speedway. We're running the road course with the Xfinity cars, so maybe he'll be able to find the speed he needs to try to get back into the rhythm that he had, like he had at Homestead. So we'll see what happens. Of course, catch the action later on this week on Saturday at 12 p.m. You can catch all the action on enascar.com forward slash live as well as iracing.com forward slash live 
for all the highlights, for all the information and news. In other news, Monday Night Racing, the one of the biggest leagues in all of iRacing, well, we're going to change the way sim racing is being held. On February 7th, Monday Night Racing will be hosting an in-person championship event at the Charlotte Esports Hub and partnering with Charlotte Phoenix. Justin, this is something a lot of people are looking forward to, myself included, along with a lot of people from Podium will be there. I th- we were even talking about maybe you also being there, Justin. I think it's going to be an exciting situation to see the real world and esports merging together to do something that we already see a lot of other forms of esports do in the world. You know, we see it with other gaming companies and groups that make these big extravagant events. And now sim racing gets that opportunity. Alluded to it a bit with Graham Graham because it just shows again, the investment that Charles Phoenix wants to put in, but also shows where Monday Night Racing wants to be right with so many big names in their series with so many railroad drivers with so many, who are within the sport and within motorsports in general, all the alumnus, alumnus and alumni who have been either in the booth or on the racetrack. It's a list of the who's who's. And I think this is a huge step for at least some league side to see something like this happen, to have this in-person event stage like this, to open it up to the audience like this in person. They've had banquet events in person, of course, Taylor, we've seen in the past, but never necessarily all these people, all these drivers being brought into the same space with fans in attendance like this. The only thing I can compare it to my personal experience on the sim side would be to the Red Bull Rain Masters, but even that didn't have fans. That just had the drivers and the broadcast set up in person. So this is something that takes that a little bit further on for February the 7th with the tickets on the, available for that event, with the doors being opened by 6 p.m. that said day, with live pre-race show coverage there, with the Victory Lane celebration there, with the presentation of the trophy there. There's so much that can be there in person in turn as a result, and it just shows, again, where Monday Race wants to be, as said, but also where Charlotte Phoenix wants to be. It certainly is, and for those of you who want to try to attend this first-time-ever event, Make sure to go to Monday Night Racing's website, which is mondaynightracing.com, to learn more about this special Monday Night Racing Rowdy Energy Drink Pro Series Championship, as well as also go to eventbrite.com forward slash Rowdy Energy Monday Night Racing Pro Series Finale to get your tickets today. Also, in other news, as we leave the world of Monday Night Racing as well as eNASCAR competition, we Go into the world of dirt racing as the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car World Championship headed off to Weed Sport. And Justin, a new points leader, seizes the standings as we have a win from Hayden Cardwell. Well, first things first, Hayden Cardwell did take the feature win over Tyler Shell, Brayden Eiler, Merriman, and Dylan Yeager. But it could have been Merriman, possibly, because he had a more than three-second lead before the final caution of the race. And then Hayden Cardwell, seeing a chance to move for the lead, made tire-to-tire contact, moved Merriman up out the track, and shuffled back a new points leader towards the middle of the top five. It's been an incredible season on that front, and it's just been the story of when Merriman's close to winning, something seems to have happened the past few weeks or so. But it also shows just Bergeron has just lost a lot of momentum, it seems, Taylor. 
he just didn't have the same rhythm compared to some of the other features. He started in the mid-pack, he stayed in the mid-pack. He just almost seemed like in quicksand, only gaining three spots from 12th to 9th. And that just emphasizes how big last, the previous round rather, I should say, at Fairbury Speedway went Taylor, where Merriman could have probably nearly clinched the title, if not clinched it mathematically, into the finale if he didn't crash coming to the white flag. So in our words now, for the first time in a long time, Bergeron is entering down in the points for the finale. I can't remember the last time he's had to deal with, deal with this type of situation for a finale. I have not either, and it's going to be a long and hard battle for him to try to overcome. He's currently sitting second with 561 points. Cameron Merriman, your current points leader, with 574. And of course, it all comes down to one final race as the iRacing World of Outlaws NOST Energy Drink Sprint Car Season Finale wraps up this on Monday night at 9 p.m. as we head to the dirt track at Charlotte. Where, of course, this year we will see who brings home $25,000 in total purse to see who gets that championship. Catch Justin Prince on the call as he will be there along with iRacing social media to see the action and on Dirt Vision Monday at 9 p.m. And Justin, I got to ask, who do you think going into this will be the winner, Bergeron or Cameron Merriman? Based on the track record and seeing how things have been at the finale, you can't count on Bergeron. The dirt track at Charlotte's been a great place for him in any type of car. But part of me is thinking Merriman might get it because it's essentially now the situation, Taylor, where for Bergeron to win the title, he needs Merriman to just struggle on pace and be stuck in the middle of the top 10 and or not make the feature. And with how the season's gone... I almost feel like Merriman might be able to have that chance. And here's the big kicker. Depending on how things fare out in the finale, Merriman has the chance to be the first champion to not win a feature race in a season. It certainly is. We'll have to see how that will come. I mean, Cameron Merriman has that momentum on his side, but he has made mistakes like you pointed out. It's just going to be a matter of who survives at Charlotte. And we'll find out Monday night, of course. Well, we leave the world of dirt racing, and it's time to take a trip around the clock, twice around the clock, as we talk about the iRacing Daytona 24 that happened also over this past weekend. And I got to say, Justin, this is probably the biggest event that iRacing always hosts year in and year out. And of course, it was none that compared over 3,900 unique teams and over 1,500. 15,700 different drivers pretty much making a 50% increase compared to last year's event. And I got to say this year's class of drivers who try to compete in this range from formula one champions, such as Max Verstappen to Roman Grosjean and Tony Kanaan, and even some NASCAR drivers such as Justin Allgaier and Anthony Alfredo, who went out there to compete this special event. You were on call for the top split race where Two amazing, great teams, one in the LMP2 class and the GT3 division as Apex Racing Team took home the win in LMP2 and the FYRA Simsport Trio took home the GT3 class win. Fire Simsport specifically, which is a team of drivers from the Nordic country specifically, who had been on various technical alliances for several years and decided in the offseason, let's work together. Lasse back, Miguel Gard, and Lasse Sorensen specifically on that side. 
it was a very intriguing class, I will say, because one little asterisk I will say with the Max Verstappen part you mentioned, he never got in the car, Taylor. You know why? Their car had two power outages for their drivers separated by 18 minutes. How bad of luck do you have to have happen if you are Team Redline to have two of your drivers have power outages for two different reasons in the span of 18 minutes? One was because a driver had one of their neighbors had a power pole. The other was, and this was via the Redline Discord, where the driver was preparing to move to college, was running on a bunch of extension cords, was running on temporary rig, which was running on a whole bunch of stuff. I'm surprised it didn't short out from what I heard. Let's put it that way, description-wise. It's a long story. I'm surprised there was no electrical fire with that. (laughs) Yeah, either way... They DNF'd about uh, six hours to go, for reference. But it was an incredible run because Apex Racing Team didn't have the best qualifying run, Taylor, for the top split race. But they ended up getting to a spot where in the first few hours they kept up with the VRS going to Sinsport teams. And then it got wacky because in hours 7 through 12, that's the time where I was on air, mind you, No less than three times the leaders crashed. Whoever was in the lead crashed, the other driver took the lead back. In this case, VRS Cohen, the SimSport number, yes. That number had three different numbers promoted, by the way, during the week. And Apex Racing Team went back and forth before Apex finally settled on in. It was wacky there. GT3. And this is to credit to Christian Jallander, I think, Taylor. Had the best BOP probably in the event's history because no no one manufacturer dominated. Every manufacturer, for the most part, had representation up in the top five. It certainly it was agreeing on that one, Justin. I mean, even looking through some of the other splits across all of the iRacing 24s that were held at Daytona, you saw a mixed variety of different GT3 manufacturers taking home their GT3 class wins. We had, of course, some some of our even eNASCAR competitors, such as Garrett Mains, take home the win in the McLaren. We and in my split that I ran in the 24, which surprisingly we took home the LMP2 class win and overall win in our split. But it was a Ferrari who took home the GT3 class win in our split, and it just shows that the hard work that iRacing does to incorporate the BOP in order to make sure all those GT3 cars doesn't have one simple car that is able to pull away. And we can have a good mix of drivers to compete in those respective classes. And it's going to definitely come to play when we go to our next iRacing special event, which will be, of course, at the Bathurst 12 Hours at Mount Panorama Racing Circuit. You can be able to have the chance to compete in any one of the great GT3 manufacturers on the iRacing service from the McLaren, Ford, Ferrari, BMW, Audi, Lamborghini, and many more on February 11th through the 13th if you want to have your chance to tame the mountain. And Justin, that's going to be another exciting race to see who is able to come out on top. And with Apex Racing at the top with their win at Daytona, they're going to keep that momentum strong to see if they can go two for two. It's going to be tight with some of the road competitions coming up, but it will be an intriguing one because teams like Team Redline have already stated they plan to be back for that one. Expect a lot of the Arabic groups to be there, Taylor. I think it's going to be one where a lot of speed will be showcased, and that's an understatement, obviously, but you never know what happens on the mountain. 
You never know who's going to end up going flying. You never know if Max Verstappen's going to end up getting involved in several wrecks again and having a damage-to-damage race car like that happened a couple years ago. I remember those clips from back then. It was an intriguing time when with one of the first experiences for Max Verstappen back then. It certainly is. Hopefully the Formula One world champion can be able to conquer the mountain this go-around with Team Redline in 2022. But in other news, we now head on over to the world of NASCAR, and we have to talk about the biggest release, of course. The LA Coliseum is added to iRacing, and I gotta say, I've had the chance to drive on this track a little bit, Justin, and it's not like any short track that we have on the iRacing service whatsoever, especially with the next-gen car, and Finally, also, we have to talk about it kind of is a good segue to where we could possibly, in the future, see a certain other track that's similar to this style of a circuit. Uh, I'm not going to mention any names, but their initials are Hmm. Bowman Gray. (laughs) Well, you just mentioned that there. So that's a way of saying wink, wink on the initials. But either way, it's going to be an intriguing time, I think, for the NASCAR drivers, Taylor for when it go when they go there for February the 6th, because as we talked about before, Casey Kerwin's made it clear he can't wait to drive through everyone in the field. He was just so happened to be one of the drivers in the first official top foot official race at the Coliseum, and they crashed before the start and finish line at coming to the first green flag ever. And it's a track where there's not a lot of space to try and maneuver around. It's very tight. It's very hard breaking. And if you finish without an incident point, you deserve $1 million. In our words, good luck safety rating. In all seriousness, it's a very fun track, and it's a very unique one, and several drivers, especially in the short track community, have showed love with it. Some have actually said it's a great Legends car track. And honestly, this track here is actually going to be well-suited for other styles of racing, you know, modified to late models, super late model street stocks. For NASCAR Cup cars, trucks, or Xfinity, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be uh, it, don't let me uh, don't let me take the name away, of course, from the hallowed grounds of Bowman Gray. But it, it's going to be the new madhouse in a sense for this style of racing for the top three series. If we ever see something like Xfinity or trucks come out this way, but for the Cup series, it's going to be mad. I'm going to say it this way at the minimum. I'm not going to go that far yet down the line because there's a lot that can happen for the real world side. But it's definitely iRacing's virtual madhouse currently. Well, the good news is, of course, if you ever have an issue with another driver, if you want to go and settle it on the track, go set up a private session and you two have at it. (laughs) Have a fist fight in the infield. There you go. That's what we can do here at the LA Coliseum. Only in the virtual world we can do something like that. But, of course, if you want to have the chance to go and get on the L.A. Coliseum with any one of the amazing cars on iRacing, or if you want to have the chance to go and compete and conquer the mountain at Mount Panorama, February 11th through the 13th, don't forget to go and visit iRacing.com and get your chance to subscribe. And with that, we are going to see our, our speak to our last special guest of the week. And, of course, he has made a big announcement. It's Junior Motorsports driver Briar LaPrade next on the iRacers Download. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Taylor Burr is here along with Justin Prince, our producer Richard Colbreth, as we are here with our final guest of the evening. 
He's going to be driving for Junior Motorsports. It's Briar LaPrade joining us. And Briar, welcome to the iRacers download. First and foremost, your thoughts on joining probably one of the most talked about teams that has ever been involved with iRacing. And of course, the owner is one of the executives here at iRacing as well. So double pressure for you going into 2022. But your thoughts with working with Dale Jr.? Uh, I'm honored, honestly. Uh, it, it's a, a important seat to, uh, I, I would say, you know, the free agency weekend. Uh, you know, it, it was a big question to see who was going to fill that seat uh, with Brad Davies, uh, unfortunately, not making uh, the series this year. Um, but yeah, it, it was a big, a big time seat uh, that needed to be filled, obviously. And uh, yeah, I'm just honored to be able to take over that seat. Uh, you know, I got I got some big shoes to fill. Brad Davies is a, a longtime veteran of the series, and I hope to represent the 88 well, just like he did. Your thoughts on coming up into this series, given the fact that you will be competing as a rookie competitor, Briar, coming into this series, your thoughts as a rookie of what you want to accomplish this season in the 2022 campaign? Uh, yeah, I, I think rookie of the year uh, title would, would be sick to win, honestly. Um, they got a deal going on now that we're, uh, we're going to have a rookie of the year battle. So uh, there's a there's a couple good names in the rookie of the year battle that uh, will, will be fun to watch for sure. Um, I think it'll be interesting to take note of just to see how the rookies are doing. But I think rookie of the year uh, could be doable. Uh, and honestly, just, just to try and stay in the series, top 20 at the end of the year would be uh, perfect with me. I don't, I don't expect a whole lot uh, my first year. I fully, uh, you know, I'm prepared to, you know, get, get shown how it works up in the top series. You know, um, I expect, um, you know, to be raced hard and, you know, just how it goes in the real life uh, cup series, moving on up into the cup series, just got to earn your respect. And, uh, you know, I try, I'm, I'm going to do my best to race everyone with respect and, uh, you know, just make sure everything's done the right way, race the right way, clean as possible. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would just love to be in the top 20 in points at the end of the year and try and go for rookie of the year for sure. It's a great goal indeed to accomplish. And one thing we have to talk about is your climb up into this 2022 campaign in the Coke series. You know, you had to fight your way through the road to pro battling over a thousand different drivers to break it down into 70. And then of course, now having to go from 70 to 40 to then be the top 20. Talk to us a little bit about your fight your climb, any struggles that you had to overcome in order to get into one of the most coveted series in iRacing? Yeah, so 2019, uh, that was my first year uh, really trying or just, you know, getting familiar with the pro scene at least. Uh, I tried Road to Pro, didn't really, you know, have any expect or just didn't expect to make it that first year. Just kind of went out there, tried to get some experience. Um, and then that, that rolled into 2020. Uh, I ended up picking up my uh, Ledford Billiard Supply sponsor with Cameron Ledford, great guy. Uh, I've been uh, great friends with him for a couple of years now. Uh, so I was actually just talking to James Pike on Twitter about that. It'd be interesting to see, um, you know, what other sim racers have brought a sponsor from the bottom of the ladder to the top of the ladder. Um, it was just funny timing on that. But <laughs> um, yeah, 2020 was, it was a struggle for sure. I, I think uh, I had the wrong mentality a lot of the time. I, I tried to go out and just, you know, win every race or just make aggressive moves and all this and that. Like I, I should have sat back and just realized what the bigger picture was and just went and got some points and, you know, secured myself and 
what at the time was the top 20. Uh, but then we move into 2021, uh, where I, at first I started off with that same mentality, just trying to go win every race and just being too aggressive with it and didn't, didn't see the bigger picture. But uh, my lockdown racing teammates, um, you know, helped me out, just got me straight and going the, in the right direction. And uh, we ended up putting up some good results in round one. Uh, and then round two was incredible. Um, it was so fun to it's so fun to look back on because uh, since I stream on Twitch, uh, which is now twitch.tv forward slash Patriot, or not Patriot Briar, wow, uh, Briar LaFrad. Uh, so used to saying Patriot Briar. It's a weird change. But yeah, it's it's fun to look back on because I, I streamed every race. Uh, you know, I got a, a pretty good sized community. They're just uh, fan supporters, whatever you want to call them. And just a great, great group of people that support me. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's fun to look back on because uh, a lot has changed since then. But like I said, the main thing was just trying to get my head straight, get the right mentality, just go out there and collect some points. It was, it was a struggle through 2019, 2020, and the first little bit of 2021, but finally got my head straight. Uh, and then we just ended up doing really well uh, through round two and then eventually the Contender Series. Contender Series, I we almost won Darlington. We had a shot at Nashville, uh, which, you know, wish we could have pulled off at least one win, but uh you know, it, it didn't happen, but we did eventually get a win in the uh, Road to Pro Series round two at Homestead, Miami. That was a lot of pressure just taken off my shoulders because I have not won like a, a really big event like that or a serious uh, competitive race uh, in my sim racing career. So winning that Homestead race definitely gave me some confidence and, uh, you know, just told told myself I could do it uh, winning at that level. I want to quickly touch upon something because you mentioned – the change social media and twitch wise and whatnot don't be asking why is that a weird change to go from your longtime brand patriot briar to just your name your actual name yeah it's uh i don't i just i've rolled with patriot briar for years it just kind of had a good ring to it so i was like yeah, you know we'll stick with it um uh, and just kind of made that my brand i guess since 2018 i i believe that's yeah i would say that's right when i started streaming 2018 summer just kind of messed around with it. Then 2019 really took off with my streaming on Twitch. Uh, I was, you know, learning how to get better at the sim, and uh, a lot of people were starting to notice me. Then that, I think, is one of the biggest things that uh, has come from streaming is uh, people were able to notice me. That's when, at that time, not a whole lot of people were streaming iRacing, so I was able to, uh, you know, expand, grow, learn, uh, just improve overall uh, with not a lot of people streaming. Um, and just being a, a an oval racer, usually the roadside has a lot more uh, streamers out there. But yeah, being one of the ov only oval streamers at that time uh, was pretty cool. It was fun. Uh, like I said, I was you know trying to improve myself and get better at the sim, and uh, you know wanted wanted to take my talents further and try and make it into the Coke series. Um, but yeah, just eventually people just caught on and started watching and eventually I got noticed by uh, Zach Novak and everyone at Lockdown Racing. Zach had actually messaged me, uh, you know, helping me out with some tips and tricks at Bristol. So uh, yeah, that was fun learning from him for a little bit. Uh, and then eventually uh, everything worked out to where uh, I was invited over to join Lockdown Racing in May of 2019 and it took off from there. But yeah, back to the, the streaming part, just it's a weird change just because I've been, like I said, since 2018, I've called myself Patriot Briar. Just like I said, had a nice ring to it, rolled with it. Uh, but I feel like now that we have made the Coke series, um, 
usually in esports like Call of Duty, Halo, you know, whatever game it may be, Rocket League, you see guys using their username because that's that's just part of the game. Uh, here in iRacing, you're using your you know your real name, your real first and last name. Uh, so people are gonna notice that more in sim and even out of the sim. Um, so I decided to change it to Briarlepra because I feel like uh, you know being an esports driver now, um, you know people are you know I they're not gonna know me as Patriot Briar. I think more people would know me as you know Briar Laprad. Uh, for those that are like kind of new to the uh, esport and all that, um, I just think that would kind of grow. Uh, my following and people would take notice to that more and say, oh, that's Briar LaPrade driver, the number 88 uh, in the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series. Interesting philosophy and decision-making and process on that mark. And of course, this is a whole level playing field coming in for many drivers. The next-gen car just was recently updated to the current package that had been finalized in real life in December. The Coliseum is now in people's hands, and a majority of the competitors you're racing against, Briar, had that chance to help build the track on the service, and not sure what your experiences have been with the track itself, whether your first grasp was Wednesday or if you had a chance through another means before. Your opinions on going to start off your Coca-Cola campaign with that exhibition at the Coliseum, or the Coliseum Clash. I'm actually very excited for it. I think it's going to be just a fun little uh, kind of get to know you type deal, I guess, uh, racing with some of the guys uh, all together. Uh, obviously, we're not going to have all 40 cars on track at once. Uh, I feel like that would be a mess, but <laughs> uh, yeah, like I've raced with a lot of guys that have, you know, just made the series along, you know, with myself just making the series. And I've been able to race some of the guys that have already been in the Coke series for a long time uh, because usually what they the Coke series drivers do is they will get their setup prepared and ready to go. And usually the uh, NASCAR A Open uh, series will follow uh, the real life schedule. And it usually falls on uh, whatever we race that next day. Usually the Monday night races are, um, you know, the, the places to be because you can see who's got the card uh, to beat and see what you need to do to make changes right before race day. So, um, yeah, it I think the Coliseum is going to be fun. Um, it's just it's gonna like I say get a get to know your race. Um, obviously you're not gonna be racing everyone at the same time, uh, but then uh, you're you're gonna have Daytona right around the corner. So right after this Coliseum clash, uh, it, you know we're gonna get we're gonna get to work, and it's uh, it's gonna be a nice ease into uh, getting into the season. I think Daytona, obviously you're you're not ta you're not taking too much time. You want to find the speed you can, but. Uh, Trying to learn the car in like a mile and a half. I believe Las Vegas is going to be our second race. We've already started working on Las Vegas pretty early because you know mm. it's a new car. You know uh, we want to, you know we want to go out there and be the best uh, early on and see if we can figure out this car first. And obviously, you want to you know be the fastest out there every week, but uh, you know just putting in time early and trying to figure out the car is going to work uh, in your favor. Just putting in some time and all that. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, it's going to be nice to just ease into Daytona, get a little bit of an off season since I had kind of a quote-unquote extended season with the Contender Series running from uh, November through December. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a nice, easy, easy roll in to the season. I'm excited to get going, though, honestly. It's going to be gonna be fun. By the way, not to scare you, the first official race at the Coliseum, which included a couple of Coke drivers, they 
right before the start of finish line if you hadn't heard and uh it's going to be interesting let's put it that way for the co-drivers on the february the first where can we find you on social media once again to remind folks especially since as you mentioned those are updated yeah uh at briarla pratt on instagram twitter uh briarla pratt on facebook and uh briarla pratt on twitch uh got that like i said all updated and ready to go for the 2022 season and yeah, just excited to get going and uh, hope to see, you know, some new faces come around and see what I got to offer for, you know, uh, just streaming content and my talents on track. Especially with the chance to work with Junior Motorsports and Dale Jr. Curious question before we wrap things up. Will Dale Jr. make an appearance on your box at some point? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be... Uh, the one to say no to that, honestly. I, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think he'd have fun with it. Uh, him and team, or him and Michael Connie are pretty close too, so I'm sure you might want to see him on the box on the eight car. Uh, I do have hmm. uh, the planned uh, crew that I got is Jonathan Dulaney as crew chief and Anthony Alfredo, who actually did drive for uh, Dale Jr. I apologize if you can hear my cat, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So Anthony Alfredo actually used to drive for Dale Jr. in late models uh, when he was on the mm -hmm. rise trying to get to the Cup Series. Um, but yeah, so uh, interesting connection there. But yeah, I wouldn't be the one to say no. Honestly, he's got the invite if uh, he wants to hop on. Putting the seat out there. Let's get to the cat. Thank you very much for the time, Briar. <laughs> Thank you. Once again, Briar Laprade going to be driving for junior motorsports in the number 88 machine in 2022 e nascar coca-cola iRacing series competition taylor what a show lots of insight lots of news lots of memes lots of coliseum talk and now the drivers have one thing left in mind for e nascar side before they start the exhibition side of things can they survive the los angeles coliseum and racing at the memorial coliseum should say it's going to be exciting it's going to be intense i'm looking forward to where we can kick off the nascar season both in the real and virtual world at the la coliseum and i gotta say it's going to be full of excitement anticipation and i hope everyone who listens here on the iRacers download or if you're a fan of iRacing in general go and watch both of these two events that are coming up here pretty soon but with that justin Hard to believe we're already done with another episode here for season two, but it's time that we come to a close. With that, for, of course, all of our special guests, Graham Bolin, Matt Busa, Blake Reynolds, and Briar LaPrade, for our producer, Richard Colbreth, and my co-host, Justin Prince. I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media.